What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design, the kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Gotta get your brain right if you're trying to make a million dollars. If you ain't gonna do it for yourself, then do it for your mama. Only stay surrounded by them people if you know they solid. Elevate your hustle up today to double up your profit. Trying to learn some games, every y'all gonna talk about it. No Deanna, speak that shit that everybody voucher. Ain't no more excuses valid. Get up off the couch and get up in your bag. To your bank account, need an accountant. Yo, 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 welcome back to the greatest show on earth, the Million of Mindsets podcast. I am your host, Xavier, sitting here with the wonderful D. D, what's up? Nothing much. Thank you for that introduction. How are you doing today? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling great. I, I, I just needed a haircut. That's why I got this hat on. But other than that, <laughs> I'm feeling good. But uh, before we start this show, as always, I'd like to advise everyone to please like, subscribe, leave a five-star rating and a review. Get those likes up, get those subscribers up. We're trying to we're trying to keep boosting that. So if you guys could do that, we greatly appreciate it. And getting right into the show. What's up? Heads. <laughs> uh, oh, my so, bad, my bad. Oh, uh, you all good. Um, so we're good. Yeah, so this week, uh, if you guys don't know, we mentioned on last week's episode, but we are having a sale for our crypto guy and our real estate guy over at Millionaire Mindsets Academy. You guys can go over there. You can start investing today in real estate and in crypto for only $75. So you guys, make sure you go ahead and check that out. It's a ton of great information. We really took our time with those courses and gave you guys the blueprint on how to do both, how to purchase your first investment property and how to make that very first investment in crypto. So go ahead over to the description to click on that link and go purchase the guide. Again, for both, it's $75. Or if you only need one of those, it's only $50 until the end of the year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the link for that is in the description as always. So um, getting right to the show. So today we got a very very special guest man we got this gentleman what's this the what's this three four, four i think now this four yeah, yeah i think this is four man this is, highest guest count yeah yeah this is the young legend man every time we have a more people love it and they always want to come back because his story is amazing he's, he's young and he's killing in business we super super excited to have him here y'all don't know what i'm talking about i'm talking about my guy dawson gant welcome back to the show bro thanks for having me again uh this is by far one of the favorite podcasts i've ever been on it's always love uh not only from you guys but from your followers and uh your engagement and everything so love to come out here and tell my story and help out a little bit drop some game (laughs) definitely man definitely and uh this is first time you've been in the studio on video so i know there's gonna be um a lot of people that's watching and listening it's gonna be their probably first time hearing it because we got a lot of new subscribers and people that tune in now since we went visual so for the people who may not be familiar with you do you mind just giving like some background on yourself yeah so uh like they said my name is dawson gamp i'm 22 i'll be 23 in january i'm getting old now we were talking about that earlier <laughs> uh i think my first time i was on the podcast i was 20 um i think so yeah 20 19 or 20. you might be 19 we, we've been together for some years yeah. uh <laughs> I got started, my, my first business venture was real estate. I was a real estate agent at 18. As soon as I turned 18, I went and got my license. I scaled that business up to uh, 
turned into a wholesale company at one point in time. I had 15 to 20 people in an office, and we were doing multiple seven figures a year. Um, and when I turned 20, 21, I was like, man, like, I want to get into other businesses. So I turned into a serial entrepreneur, started investing heavy, started doing some some other things outside of real estate. Um, and then as of late, we've got into the managed services company where we help a ton of people sell on uh, multiple online platforms in the e-commerce space. But uh, yeah, we it's been a really, really long ride. We talk about it all the time. You know, we're friends outside of this and say, mm-hmm. man, it feels like we've known each other for 10 years. For a long time. Yeah. But uh, I've been busy and we're always growing, trying to trying to get even more busy. Um, but yeah, started in real estate, got some other ventures going now. We're in the crypto space. We're in the uh, managed service space, still in the real estate space, still. Matter of fact, I had one close a day for $200,000 profit, which is okay, something okay. nice this week. I needed that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, uh, still still heavily involved in that as well. But, you know. Okay, okay. No, I, I, I love to hear that. And uh, let's talk about, because I know now you're going crazy with the um, automation. You talk Walmart, Amazon, y'all then turn, y'all then took the game to a whole nother level. So how, what was that? Um, how did you even get into that? First of all, let, let's start there. Yeah. So I was uh, speaking at a conference in Atlanta, Georgia and met my now two business partners, Brandon and Tyler, um, and was trying to get into the business. I was like 19, 20 at the time. Uh, I wanted to have my own Amazon store because I saw all these people, young cats making money. And I was like, damn, like an extra five, 10 grand a month. That sounds really good. I'd love to get a part of it. So they spoke and um, we had some good conversation afterwards. And I told them like, hey, I want to get a store. Uh, ended up flying out to Arizona where I live now, sat down with them and saw, you know, where I could potentially be a huge value to them. So I said, hey, look, I want to help you guys out. I want to help you guys scale this. At the time, they only had like 100 stores. Right now, we're, last time we checked, the census was like 700 right now. So I think even last time mm-hmm. we were on April, it was like in the fours. Yeah, so, I think so. we, um, there's been some growing pains, obviously, but uh, yeah, we, we kind of clicked up and I first started by getting a store with them and making some money. And then I, then started telling my friends about it, you know, like say, Hey, like I'm in on this, this investment, you should get one too. And then like two or three friends got one. I'm like, all right, now I want to be a part of the company. I've, I've added some value to them. Uh, how do I get a part of this and how do I help you guys optimize and scale? So that happened like, gosh, three years ago now. Um, so I, yeah, when I was 20 and then from then we've, we've got a warehouse, a 50,000 square foot warehouse in uh, Scottsdale, Arizona. We've got 15 employees, um and several hundred employees that are virtual and we help hundreds of people you know make a little bit of money online so for the people who may not know exactly what a walmart or amazon automation store is can you break that down yeah so what we've done and what we really our name is done for you commerce so we're doing everything for you uh that was kind of why we decided that name um what that entails is you know you as a consumer want to start selling on either marketplace and you don't maybe know, Hey, I don't know what products, I don't know about uh, product placement. I don't know how to procure products. I don't even know where to list them and how to list them. And when those buyers are hitting me up at 2 AM saying, Hey, does this toothbrush work for X amount? And we're like, what, uh, you, you need someone to handle that. So I don't even know how to hire. So what we do is we take that and take all the hands on, um, sweat stuff, you know, the sweat equity for, for lack of better terms. And we do it for the client. So, uh, you know, each store is going to have three to 400 products on it that you're going to be able to, you know, margin about 20 to 30% profit on. And we're going to fulfill those orders. We're going to procure those orders. We're going to take the pictures of the product. 
Uh, we're going to find the supplier. We're going to answer those buyers' questions. So it's really hands-off for our client. Um, but what we use our client is our, their credit, right? So we're able to float product for two weeks because Amazon and Walmart, they pay out every two weeks. So if I sell a 12-pack of uh, a 12 case of this water for $10 and I have to pay my supplier $6, right. I need something, either cash or our own capital or our client's capital to float that $6 purchase until Amazon or Walmart pays us out that $10. And then obviously 10 minus six, your $4 profit. Mm, mm, okay. Okay. And you, know, you was uh, on the way here, you was telling me how you got one client that you said they made a lot selling. What was it? Kitty litter? Kitty litter. Yeah. How, how much <laughs> yeah. was it? I think he uh, grossed about $8,000 in his first seven days. So yes. month one, he made about eight grand profit uh, selling kitty litter. So, I mean, so how crazy. do you even identify like, you know what I'm saying? This is, let me go with this product. This is a good product to go with. And that's a lot of what we do in-house to make sure that we are selling winning products that are going to continue to win. We have a, a team of five guys in office that are consistently searching uh, for winning products that we can purchase from suppliers. And they're using a ton of data points and metrics, as well as some in-house software that we just got finished developing uh, to, to potentially predict those winners. And then that way we can buy them at a lower price and get them sold. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's... It's a lot of household items. We like the general use items because regardless if you got a million dollars today or $5 tomorrow, you're still going to need to brush your teeth. Your cat's right. still gonna, for the cat thing, it's still going to need kitty litter to use the bathroom. Still got to pay your rent. Still got to wipe your ass, all that mm -hmm. stuff. So we want to sell those commodities because even though maybe I can't get a 60% margin on it, if I can make 20 30%, but I can sell 1,000 packs of kitty litter a month, it's still really good money. That's definitely good money. So for the individual who made AK in his first month, is that pretty typical or what does it look like for someone getting started? Yeah, so typically um, that that was a really good month. That client was our ideal client. You know, they had uh, the upfront capital. They had a large amount of credit available and they followed all of our, you know, instructions, right? They were, they were really on it. Um, so he was able to take off a lot faster than what our typical client sees. Uh, most of our clients are going to see like a ramp up period. That's why where we're kind of taking our time and scaling the store because we want to, again, this is a long-term play. This isn't a get rich quick scheme. Mm -hmm. So we would rather you sell a little bit less in the first month, but sell for the next 10 years versus make a million dollars the first month. And then Amazon or Walmart kicks you off. And that's a huge thing right now, you know, Walmart, Amazon suspensions, things like that. But a typical client in the first six months may profit between one to $5,000 a month. And then after six months, which is our, you know, uh, full, growth period, our full scaling period, that store's matured. Uh, all of our clients, you know, f to be even one of our clients, what, what our metrics are for our clients, we want them to make between five and $10,000 a month oh, net so. to the client. Um, and the only variable then after we've matured your store is that credit availability, right? Mm -hmm. So we have some clients that have $10,000 in credit. We have some clients that have $100,000 in credit and that only allows us to buy less or more product, meaning your profit's going to be a higher number. The margin's about the same, but the ability to buy more product obviously increases obviously that bottom end profit. Mm. Right. Another question. So when you guys start the store for someone, or essentially they start their new mm. business, yep. do the products they sell become branded to their business, or are you just simply reselling so other products? We, the easiest and safest way is to resell because mm -hmm. they don't hold any liability. If you, but we are currently doing our own private labels in-house. Mm -hmm. um, and it's great if you have a ton of money. You know, we've got over a quarter million dollars invested in our first line of nutraceuticals, mm -hmm. but we also have to have a full team of legal counsel because if someone, nutraceutical meaning like a, a vitamin pill, right? What yeah. we're doing is called Night Shred. It's, it's melatonin and it's a couple other ingredients that help you lose weight while you're asleep. So it's going to be a hit, but we have to think about what if someone chokes on it, 
you know? So we have to have a legal team that says, okay, well, what if we get sued for this or sued for that? Mm -hmm. um, so that's like a little bit harder to scale and scale fast. So what all of our clients are doing, they're reselling uh, tried and true products that have already passed through that. You know, a lot of our products are Procter & Gamble, Johnson & Johnson, Clorox type things. Uh, Kitty Litter was a Johnson & Johnson product because we know that A, if something goes wrong, that's going to be pushed to Johnson & Johnson, not our client, because okay. that's still a Johnson & Johnson mm. product. And it's tried and tested. We know that Johnson & Johnson is not putting razor blades in kitty litter. You know, we don't have to worry about that. Uh, so for our clients, that's a lot easier and it's a mm -hmm. lot scalable. And it's a lot cheaper because they don't have to do any R&D. Uh, what we're doing for our clients is we're finding it at a supplier price and letting them sell at retail. A lot like wholesale and real estate, which is why I like the business. Because right, right, I can right. agree to buy it from a supplier for X amount. I can say, hey, Procter & Gamble or Dasani. I will spend a million dollars with you this year. And our company signs that dotted line and says, if we don't spend a million, if we spend 900,000, we have to write you a check for a hundred grand. And then we allow our clients to buy those products mm -hmm. uh, at a supplier price versus having to pay the retail price. And that's how we find those margins. Okay. Mm, okay. I, I want to ask this. So like, how did you like become so business savvy at 22 when most 22 year olds would be uh, seniors in college at this point, you've already been in business for years now experience made a lot of money like what like how did you become how did you how did you do those things so, so young yeah i think that we we talk about this a lot in the office and then obviously on other podcasts my my ability to just say hey we're gonna run this play and try it is what's allowed me to get so far ahead because Ooh. there's a lot of people that say hey you know i got this investment opportunity i got this this business i want to start i don't know is it worth the risk um my ability to say okay we're just gonna risk it and i'm gonna bet on myself because at the end of the day Let's say I lose some money. I know I'm going to be able to go make it back. Um, and I know I'm going to show up every day and make it happen. So that's proven to give me a lot of head start. Because when people maybe took six months to decide if they want to start a real estate company, I already got licensed to hire my first acquisition guy. You know what I'm saying? And that six months Moving compounded quick. over 10 businesses gives me a whole hell of a lot of a head start. Mm. That's really... I think about this every time we're flying or anything like to another podcast or to like a, a anywhere I have to speak. I'm like, wow, how, how did I get here? I even talked to this with my therapist, you know, like how did I get so far? Because it, it can also be a little scary. Like, is this, a you know, an accident or is it just luck? But that's the one thing is like whenever I'm given an opportunity, I, I take advantage of it. Mm, they say success loves speed. You, um, you, you agree with that? Because you move fast. Fail. 100%. Yeah, yeah and, and even when I fail, because everybody does, I fail fast and I'm, I bounce back. Bounce back. You know, you can lose a ton of money today, but if you fail today and you get up tomorrow to win, that loss is really far back in the month, you know, two months, three months. Mm. Nobody remembers it. No, that's a fact. Because you even, what you, you, had a, um, what you, you had a car dealership too, right? Yeah, we did. We have a car dealership. Uh, I, we, we just angel invested into that. Okay. Um, and, you know, that's proved its own issues. You know, like I, I'm part car dealership manager now. You know, I'm on the phone with that. But it's, you know, again, it was like a really good opportunity. We ran the numbers. We're like, okay, can we go start a car dealership for this this cash injection? Probably not. Right. We know what they do in, in revenue. We know we're going to get paid back in six years. Worst case, so we never grow. So we did it. Mm. You know, and now we get to a discount on cool cars and stuff like that. What kind of cars do they, they sell? Selling mostly Porsche, Ferrari, McLaren. Okay, uh, okay, okay. So you can you can you can the deals. Yeah, you know, I, I even got to. I just bought that new white Ferrari. I got it at auction, That's saved like forty grand. You know, so it was it was cool, and it's more of a passion project. I've been mm -hmm. big on that lately too. Is like doing stuff that I can be excited and passionate about. Because when I when I transitioned to the e-commerce thing, I was really I still am very passionate and excited about that because I can help so many people. And real estate was really like a one man game. 
you know, like I, you can build a real estate portfolio, but you're never really going to help anybody unless you're giving out free rent. We all know that's not happening. Mm-hmm. So stuff that I can be passionate about, I'm passionate about cars, not necessarily because I want to help people, just because I like cars. Uh, I see that I, I succeed a lot faster um, because I know that I have a passion behind it. And the days that it sucks, you don't want to wake up because other stuff's happening. You're right. Life's depressing you. Shit's happening in your personal life. If you're passionate about what you're in and you go up and do it, it does help do you. It. Don't necessarily have to be passionate about everything because at the end of the day, money's money. money but money, yeah. it does help on those days. And, and I've been able to do the things I wasn't passionate about to get to the place now where I can be passionate about the things I'm entertaining. Mm. I remember, I, remember um, I think that was the first time we had you on. You was like, when you pulled up to a lot of your projects, they just thought you was like a trust trust fund kid, oh, yeah. one of the kids. <laughs> Is that still the case now? No, I, I feel like now my reputation started to precede me a little okay. bit, and people know who I am. And, you know, I brought everything in-house, so now we do it like you. We're on the, in the car on the way here. My contractor's calling me saying, hey, I'm handling this. So now I've built a team with a bunch of young guys that work for me and with me. So now I don't have a project I walk onto that they don't know who I am because they know me because they're part of my company. So I brought so much in-house to save money and to kind of monopolize everything. So now, you know, I buy a piece of land. My construction team builds the house. My real estate team sells the house. Mm-hmm. And and the only thing I'm missing really now is a mortgage lending company, which could be in the works, you know? So yeah, you never know, too. You might, you <laughs> might have one by January yeah. or something. Uh, something I want to ask you, on, on the um, same terms as that, is like, what did that look like or what were the challenges with getting everything pretty much essentially like vertically integrated in your business? Yeah, so I mean, the biggest thing is personnel, and I'm sure you guys have experienced that in life too. Uh, personnel is very, very hard to find. To find guys that you can, people in general, not just guys, guys and women, you can put into places of leadership that are going to carry those key cultural values mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Because like a guy that builds houses, and you know, a data analyst for our for our e-commerce company are from totally different walks of life, but you have to get them to come in as a, a vertical integration and work together. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, and be a part of the same culture because the culture is what we started. So my, my foreman on a project has to have the same culture as a guy mm-hmm. doing data analytical stuff. So, it, it, you know, it's tough. Um, but once I got, you know, was able to build a culture and, and take care of my people too, I think this year I've spent more on cars for employees than I have for cars on myself. And That's a bore. Yeah. I mean, like that, knowing the cars that I drive, right? it's phenomenal. I mean, like, I, but I started to think about that. I was like, it doesn't matter if I pull up in a Lamborghini if my top guy is driving a Honda Accord that barely runs. You know, it, 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 for reputational and optical view, if I pull up in the Lamborghini, that's one thing. But if my, my best guy is driving a beater because he can't afford it, that says more about my reputation, about me, than the Lambo. So now, I mean, like, my best guys drive brand-new Teslas. My, my foremans have brand-new trucks. Uh, we got... That's dope. But, you know, it, it has skyrocketed our ability to profit on things because my guys are happy to work for me. You know, they're thinking like, damn, yeah, I can go do the same thing and make a dollar an hour more. But boss isn't giving us a brand new Tesla. I don't get to, you know what I'm saying? So, but it also was like an ego thing for me. I wanted to make sure that the people that were around me were the image that I would want to be. Like, I want to pull up and all my people have brand new cars and have Rolexes and stuff like that. I want to put my people in a position to earn that stuff and to to enjoy that type of wealth. Because at the end of the day, like I've got two supercars now. It's not that exciting for me. But, like, when my best oh, guy buys shit. his first supercar, that'll be way more exciting for me. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, damn, I put him in the position to do that. Now, not only does he get to experience it when he's riding passenger with me, he gets to experience it in real life. Like, it's his car, you know? So that's important to me now. Like, I'm thinking about who can I impact. Mm. So just, just so for the people that's listening, because people, like, you know, people love when people talk their shit a little bit. So what, um, 
What's your fleet? What cars do you got? So right now, I've just bought that new uh, Dodge Ram TRX, the like Hellcat motor truck, because oh, I needed a daily for my dogs. Um, I've got the brand new. about a brand new unit daily for his dogs. I, I wanted to put them in something, and they couldn't ride in the Lambos. So I've got. Uh, <laughs> And this hey, is, this I know it sounds hilarious. like, it, but this is real life. Uh, I just bought my dream car was a brand new Lamborghini Huracan. Okay, and then we shipped it. Oh, you got the Huracan? Yeah, the white one. Oh damn! Uh, I knew you had the truck. I know you. Had oh the... yeah, I got the white one too. I got the truck as well. Um, <laughs> yeah, I knew you had the truck. Well, I shipped it to uh, Murrieta, California, Sheepy Racing, and we did a full it's one hundred fifty thousand dollars twin turbo kit. So oh, it's, it's the fastest Lamborghini on the West Coast right now. Oh my god! So like they 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 get the car for me, they take it to races and stuff like that. So I've got that. Uh, that car doesn't have cup holders. So I made a joke with Tay. Uh, I was like, bro, I got to get buy a supercar with cup holders. So I went and bought the Ferrari, Ferrari 488. Okay. Because it's the only Ferrari that has cup holders. Yeah. Lambo doesn't put cup holders in cars. <laughs> so I was in there like with my Starbucks going to car meets and shit. And I'm like, oh, what do I do? You, you imagine hey, I'm, funny as hell. you spill uh, on a $400,000 car, you spill coffee. You're like, damn, like, what am I going to do? So I went and bought the Ferrari. So now I got the Ferrari. I've got my Lambo, so I've got those two cars. They're both white, red guts. I've got like a little trend. I've got my TRX. My dad just got a brand new car, uh, uh, F250. My foreman drives a brand new F250. My top COO drives a brand new Tesla Model uh, 3 Performance. He's getting a McLaren next month. Okay. And then uh, I, I got the red Urus. I just sold that because I made like 50 grand on it. And then I've got another a Ventador on order, but it's like 12 months out. So, but that's the only thing I like that and watches. You like, so, you you like, like cars and yeah. watches. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's crazy. He said he wanna he said he wanna bought a um Ferrari because he the Lamborghini had cup holders. And it's a real problem. That's the first world issue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about problems. Yeah, you crazy. Hey, seriously, but, that's how you uh, start a business. You solve a problem. No, yeah, exactly. Fact, that's, no, that's crazy. But talk talk about this for a second. Just for the for the, like I said, this may be a lot of people first um time. Um, hearing to you and they might be like what like he must come from money he must be like some kind of spoiled brat so like yeah. talk about your background and how you came up yeah so i grew up in uh high point north carolina it's very small well not small town but it's a uh, very under you know low low income area me my dad my three stepbrothers and my stepmom 600 square foot house two bedrooms two dogs <laughs> i uh immediately got a job six 16 years old i was working at a gas station hated it 300 bucks every two weeks I remember thinking like, damn, I gotta, if I work two overshifts, I can make 500 bucks this month. That was sucked. Uh, I went to high school um, in High Point, grew up, went on a full track scholarship to North Carolina A&T, uh, dropped out after a year because I started making a little bit of money. But yeah, I mean, my, my uh, I'm the breadwinner of my family. Like I, I'm, I put my dad on payroll for Christmas this year. I bought a lake house for him. Like I, everything I'm doing is for, for my family. Like I didn't know like, any of this lifestyle my my nicest car in high school was a mazda you know what i'm saying like i didn't know what a lambo looked like i should i don't even think i ever got to see a lambo till i was 20 mm. and then the next year i was buying He's one buying you know? one. <laughs> but uh yeah it was i mean i had nothing and didn't have a trust fund didn't have anything like that i was i am my own trust fund for sure i tell everybody your own. yeah exactly I'm my, but now my family my kids will have trust funds mm -hmm. my generations like that's now that's my thing is like mm. when i die because the world's crazy right now who Who's gonna remember me? I, I want to have my name on buildings, you know. Mm -hmm. I want to want to have halls and colleges that I didn't attend, you know. <laughs> but uh, 
yeah, I mean, we, I didn't have anything. I didn't, but I also wasn't broke, poor, you know. I mean, I, my dad did really well for, with what he could. You know, mm-hmm. I had two meals every day. I had clothes on my back. I didn't have Jordans. I didn't have Nike. But, mm-hmm. you know, those Walmart shoes were still the comfortable. Basics. Yeah, I had enough. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and, and he's been really supportive all my life. When I told him I was dropping out, you know, he was like, all right, do it. You know, and I got you if you need somewhere to live. And mm-hmm. six months, if it doesn't work out, it's cool. So he's always been super supportive of me. Um, I remember when I made my first, like, million dollars in a week. He like he looked at me. He's like, "What are you doing? Like, you still you still selling real estate?" Because he he thought I was an agent for so long. Because <laughs> when life starts going, you you don't. I didn't get to call him every week and say, "Hey, this is the new business I started." I didn't want to do that anyways. I didn't want to jinx stuff. But you know, it was a big deal for me to be able to you know put him on payroll. And I'm like restoring his first car right now, a, a 1969 Chevrolet Nova. So like I'm doing it all for him. Like gonna give it to him as a gift. But uh, yeah, I mean we. Didn't come from much, but I had enough. You had sure. enough, but talk like we 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 gotta we gotta touch on that million dollars in yeah. a week. We just can't let that like slide by. You know, when, when you hear that people, when you say that people gonna be like, hold on, hold on, you gotta ask somebody to do that. So how, like, how did you make a million dollars in a week? Yeah, so my first seven figure week was a, com- a combination of real estate deals and uh, launching our first private private brand. So we sold our first private brand, which was uh, still in the nutraceutical area. Uh, it was um, apple cider vinegar gummies. We sold that up to a larger company that engulfed us. And then I sold like four uh, large new new construction townhomes that we had built. So me and every every partner involved made about a million dollars that week. Uh, it was cool. But like, again, money's not everything. Right. We, we personally, I've learned that like you can be up a million this week and down a million next week. It's really just at the end of the day, like, you know, peace of mind and and. I uh, I talk about that, and I was talking about that earlier to you. I've come to a point in my life that the dollars and cents don't matter. I just want peace of mind. That's mm. priceless to me. I want to know that my bills are paid. I want to know yep. that the, my immediate circle bills are paid. I want to know that all that's taken that care of good. and make sure that they're paid. Uh, and, you know, that can be as little as, you know, five grand a month from an Amazon store for some people. My, my, my bills are a little bit different, but peace of mind is priceless because when you have peace of mind, you have the ability to go do great things. Right if you know your bills are paid, you can take that risk and start that new business. So you can take that risk and invest in that new company. Uh, and those can be those life-changing investments. But if you don't have peace of mind, you don't know when your rent's going to get paid or you don't know how you're going to pay for your dog's vet bills. Right. You can't go do anything above and beyond because you don't even have the peace of mind of living just what you need. You know. So that's really important to me is having that and giving that to the people around me. Mm, I, I love that. And what do you, what do you, what's up, D? You want to say something? Oh, I was going to say, go first. okay. I was going to say, um, what do you think is the biggest difference between you and your peers? You know, obviously most of your peers or people your age, not nowhere in the same position you in, but what, so what do you think is that biggest difference between you and them? Yeah, I, I, I don't think I'm special by any means. I don't think I was extra smart or extra anything. I think that again, we get back to that thing is like, I would try anything until it worked. And then, um, once it worked, I don't stop, you know, like I, I do have some nice stuff now, but I mean, I was making a couple million dollars a year and still driving a, a C-class Mercedes that I paid cash for, you know, that, um, so I've always reinvested in the businesses I've been in. And, and that's the most important thing to me is reputation. So like in any of our businesses, I reinvest until they're perfect. And then I pay myself a little bit. So that's been important. You know, it, it's easy to get caught up in this lifestyle and want to go to the club every night and spend $30,000 or want to have the newest Lamborghini that comes out. I and mean, maybe you can afford it now, but if you're not setting those paving stones to live the lifestyle for the rest of your life, that's a fact. I, I don't want to be a one-year superstar. Exactly. I'm trying to live a really nice life for the next 100 years, you know, right. and then for my family and my kids, et cetera. 
So that's the only thing. I think that I realized really early on what it felt like to have nothing. And I wanted to make sure I could continue to have everything I wanted for the rest of my life. So whenever I make a purchase or an investment, I think about that. I was like, how is this going to affect my grandkids? Do I need mm. that new car right now? Or do I need to put another hundred grand into some type of investment and then have that investment pay for that pay car? For the car. Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you because like listening to you talk and you said that, you know, money isn't really the goal anymore. It's mm-hmm. like, it's different things in your life. But at what point did you start to feel that disconnect with money? Cause you know, when people are starting from the bottom, they're so driven by the money and they're so hungry for it. And it's all they could think about. But it's like, at one point does that stop and you start to feel like more relaxed? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't even call it relaxed. I'm still very, very like stressed out and like <laughs> always grinding, you know, like I, even we were talking about, like we got a million plays to make money. Yep. Um, but I think once I realized, and this is of like this year, I don't even know that it changed since I was 22. Like it might've changed in the last six months. Once I realized the money comes and goes and the only thing that really matters is if you know how to make it, you know, I could lose half a million dollars a day and I'm going to be able to make a million in 30 days, you know? Um, then you realize, okay, well, that that's going to come regardless. But when I chase it, it's even harder to come because you're fixated on it. But when I realize, okay, again, I got that peace of mind. I got that, you know, 30, 40 grand a month coming mm-hmm. in every month. Now I can focus on stuff that I'm passionate about. I can focus on stuff that I, that actually cares. The money comes a lot easier. Mm-hmm. And it comes in a lot more abundance. Yep. So like when I, when I had a couple million dollars in, in different assets, you know, never really in cash because I tried to invest uh, and I knew I was good. Like, and we were talking about it. Like I stopped looking at what stuff costs. Like I used to look at, you know, great value. That was all I was buying. And now I could afford the Oreos. You know, I, I, <laughs> my girlfriend go, takes my Amex to the, to the grocery store. I don't look at what she spent because mm-hmm. I know I got it. You yep. know, mm-hmm. then the money just started pouring in. And like the last, you know, two years I would sit down with my CPA every quarter. And he's like, damn Dawson, this is how much money you made this year. And I'm like, I, I didn't know I made that much money because I'm not looking at it. Keep your head down. Yeah, and I'm keeping – all I look at is who did I impact. Because, mm-hmm. again, if I made $100 million today, I, I didn't do anything for these viewers. I didn't do anything for you guys. I, cool, Dawson Gant made $100 million. But when my best guy makes $10 million a year and my partners are making $100 million a year and the people that I do business with are making $1 million a year, that's a legacy. And the legacies are Indeed. never forgotten. Never. Mm-hmm. You, don't, you don't care about what somebody has in their bank account because it doesn't affect you. Mm, that's a fact. That's a fact. You care about what they then what can they do inspired you? you, what they did for you, what the they impact motivate. they had on you. The impact yeah. they had on that man. That's a, um. You talking? You talking some? You talking some <laughs> shit, man? And I want to um. I want to touch on this real uh quick because I remember last time we had you on the uh the the automation stores was fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars, but we was talking earlier. You were saying now they at a lower price. So do you mind just talking about that? Yeah, so we, we were charging 50000 for Walmart and Amazon. Now we're charging 30000 for Walmart and Amazon. Uh, the biggest thing that we realized after having another nine months to work in this business is we could develop software to automate certain things that mm-hmm. we don't have to have employees for. So could I sell for 50000 Probably. Uh, would it sell a ton? Probably. But at the end of the day, we, we want to give peace of mind to our clients. Exactly. So $30,000 and a little bit less credit because we developed the, the – systems and software to provide the same results uh helps our clients make their money faster so what we thought about was like yeah could we hit the next 100 clients for fifty thousand dollars and would they pay it probably we don't ever have a problem with that but if we gave it to them for thirty thousand dollars they're going to make their money back that much faster and then they're going to tell everybody about it Mm -hmm. so we realized that we could we could actually do it for cheaper and it wouldn't really affect us that much and then in the long run it would provide better results for our clients and better peace of mind so we just you know we started talking about that and uh developed the software to, to take a lot of the day-to-day human stuff out and that's you know 
increased our savings and in the, in the startup of the store. So it's only fair to give it to our clients as mm-hmm. well. Um, so, you know, typically it's 35, but anybody that mentions your podcast and maybe we'll throw like a code in there. So we know that they actually yeah. listen to your full podcast. Yeah. Uh, we'll do it for 30 for them just because okay. we want to, we want to show love too. Say less, man. Just, we we going to do it. We're going to put that code. We're going to put that, um, what's going to say? The link in the description of the yeah. podcast <laughs> episode. So for the people, cause that's, that's dope, man. That's a, um, that's, that's good pass of money for people, man. Yeah. They put up 30K and it, may, it can make four or five figures. Yeah, four or five figures. Again, mm-hmm. we go back to that peace of mind thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, that that's somebody's mortgage. That's no, somebody's facts. car note, and then they can, you know, go do something else, right? So, or, or increase their income, right? Because that's, mm-hmm. that's the name of the game, trying to get as much residual coming in income mm-hmm. than, than making a bunch of one big licks, you know? Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you, because, like, um, one thing I love, like, when you talk about the business, you guys are really client-driven, and you put a lot of emphasis on making sure your clients are taken care of. And I feel like for businesses, that's like a really good quality to have sure, if you yeah. want to survive for the long term. So for you guys, like, what's the mentality behind that? And can you give some advice to the entrepreneur out there who may be building or, in, you know, in a good spot with their business, but want to improve their relationship with their clients? Yeah, I think that the biggest thing, because obviously this is a business, right? And and if anyone got the feeling that this is some type of money printer off in the corner, you give me 30 grand, I give you five grand a month. That's if it was, I wouldn't tell anybody about it. I have that thing printed for right. me. Uh, <laughs> so things go wrong, right? They're, they're Amazon, Walmart change terms of service all the time. Uh, and when things go wrong, you want to be a part of a, you want to have paid someone that's going to call you and say, Hey, this is what's going wrong. Here's how we're going to fix it. We got this. Uh, and we noticed that, you know, stuff does go wrong, but we never had clients upset with us because we always got ahead of it and all of our clients are making money. And then when things do go wrong, we handle it. Right. So our reputation is so important to us because this business is really important, but our name's important for the next business. Our name's important for the next business deal. So I, I even if it's $30,000, which may not be a lot to me, that's worth millions to me in my name. Because one bad review, one bad person can ruin your next 100 years of, of attempted business, right? Yep. Like, let's say I, I did your cousin wrong. Mm-hmm. You heard about it. And now I'm trying to do a huge million-dollar deal with you. And you're like, nah, nah. you fucked my cousin over $30,000. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now I can't do the business with you. So no price is worth my name. Mm-hmm. I think my name's worth trillions of dollars. Mm-hmm. And I would always do something to protect that. And there's been times where we've done stuff for our clients that we maybe didn't have to contractually or, or even morally. We didn't really have to do it. But at the end of the day, we want all of our clients to be happy and making right. money because that multiplies our ability to take on more clients and happy clients tell people and, you know, referrals, stuff like that. So I just think when I used to work at a restaurant in college before I started making any money, I had this boss that always said, hey, the, the customer is always right. And I always thought, I was like, oh, that's a cliche saying, but it is true. Mm-hmm. When someone spends money with you, you have to take care of them like they spent. It doesn't matter if they spend a dollar or a hundred million. You got to treat them like they spent a hundred million, and that's the only way to continue to nurture relationships. Because we've done we've done huge business deals with potential with clients. They get a store with us, then they they email us on a random day like, "Hey, I got this really good idea. I need ten grand of seed money," and then it turns into a hundred thousand dollar a month business. Yeah, you know that's really powerful. And had we, you know, he has a hiccup with his credit card or something, and we don't we brush it right. off, we don't take care of him. We never got that opportunity. Mm-hmm. So I always look at missed opportunities and I try to, you know, make sure I'm taking full advantage of all opportunities. And if there are some to miss, I, you know, mitigate that by treating my clients as, you know, golden as possible. Mm, no, that's, I like that because I think a lot of people don't realize how much money opportunities they miss out on by not, not taking care of the people they're dealing with every day. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you might just take people for granted or might not know who this person knows. And they might be having... 
a crazy opportunity for you, but the way you handled them, it's a turn off, and they're like, nah, I'm not going to bless them with this opportunity. I'm good. Yep. Yeah. I want to ask you another question, because obviously to make money, you need the products to sell. So without going into all you guys' secrets, but what do you guys kind of have in place to help the products sell more? Yeah, so the, the really cool thing about online marketplaces is it's all metrics. It's all algorithms and things like that. So we have a pricing tool that we've developed in-house that makes sure that we're the best pricing on the website. Because at the end of the day, you're buying a 12-pack of water. If it's Dasani, you don't care if it's $13 or $10, you're going to buy the $10 one because it's the same brand. It's the same product. So right. we make sure that we can be the most competitively priced and still make money with our supplier costs. So that's really how we did it. We just, I mean, each store has 300 items, but we may have access to 10, 15 million items, but those just aren't profitable. So we go through it mm -hmm. like that. And then we also make sure that's kind of in the ramp up period that your store has stellar reviews. So we, in that six months where slows, uh, where sales might be a little bit slow, we're building reviews, right? You might even lose a dollar on one product to get an A-plus review, mm. and then Amazon's going to show your products first because they trust you. Just like I care about my reputation, Amazon's mm -hmm. letting us sell on their, their website, and it looks like you're kind of buying from Amazon. So if they yeah. have a problem, it reflects negatively on Amazon. So they reward good sellers. Mm. So we make sure that all of our clients are really good sellers by proprietary ways of like pricing. Uh, making sure we put certain products on that maybe aren't super profitable at first, but they get a ton of good reviews, right? So, like, no one's going to review cat litter, but they might review the next hot thing. We only maybe make 10% on that one, or we may even lose a dollar. But if it gets 10 solid reviews and pushes us up and ranks as sellers, and now you're on the front page. So mm. we do stuff like that. Uh, and there's a couple other small tricks like that that just really helps and, you know, assist them to be first of the page in their product mm -hmm. category. What's the... Uh for that 30k to start what's the credit limit you gotta have so we we can do um for amazon ten thousand dollars so okay. you only need to have a ten thousand dollar credit okay. we recommend business credit um obviously you can do personal credit but business credit is the safest uh and then you know in the first six months you only maybe use five six thousand dollars of that it's getting paid back every two weeks and then as the business is working for you you start seeing some money obviously we, we you know we recommend going and getting more credit but it's a lot easier to go get more credit when you have a working business model mm. Have you had clients who started with one store and scaled up and gotten like a fleet of them? Yeah, so we uh, we have one client that has eight stores right now. Eight? Yeah, five Walmart, three Amazon. No, sorry, five Amazon, three Walmart. And he's a baller. Crazy. Yeah, he owns a ton of clubs in Scottsdale and, you know, he makes 75 grand a store a month, I think. But he's got an unlimited black card and he just runs it up. But right. yeah, I mean, we recommend everyone to start with Amazon because it makes your approval process on Walmart a lot easier. Uh, so if you bought like an Amazon and did six months on Amazon, it was working really well. We can get you approved on Walmart in like a week and get you selling on Walmart uh, a lot faster. Mm. I and when it comes to um, business and all the success you had at this young age, what do you think are the biggest challenges for you right now at this point? Yeah, I think balance is a huge challenge for me, and it still is. Uh, balancing, you know, work life and work, private work life and private life, and not bringing it home. Uh, and then also, you know, I'm a young guy, so. You know, I was hiring young guys and girls and, like, want to be friends with them, hang out with them, take them to the bar after work. But understanding that, like, hey, that's an employee. You, you can't be you your can't friend because when you're a friend with somebody, maybe they screw you over or they, you know, they abuse that relationship. Mm. So that, yeah, balance and understanding that was really, really tough for me. And then shiny, shiny object syndrome, you know, like, I see guys on, you know, Instagram buying the newest car. And, like, I know I can go buy it. I know I can go buy that big house. I know I can afford it. I know that's not what my long-term mm -hmm. plan is. So having to 
you know, throttle myself down, even though it may not look like I do to some people I do, you know, there's a lot of things I've wanted to buy watches, stuff like that, that I'm like, I I can wait. So, you know, just, just understanding that self-control has been big for me. And Mm. I would be lying if I said, I don't struggle with it. Cause there's sometimes, you know, you see some dude post a brand new Lambo. You're like, damn, I could go do that. I go flex. I go get one too. Yeah. How how do you know when that's the time to, um, cause I feel like a lot of people struggle with this too. Knowing like, all right, it's the time I can spoil myself a little bit. How do you know when it's, the time is right to do that i set goals so it's big thing like you know every year you know i know i want a new car every year two new cars every year so i set like you know measurable goals revenue for companies or like you know we're starting a new company i wanted to get it to x amount of revenue before i'll even treat myself um so that's what i've started doing i didn't didn't used to do it and that was like Probably the first time we talked, maybe the second time when I had the McLaren, I bought like 12 cars in a year. I forgot you had a McLaren. Yeah, two of them. Yeah. See, nobody remembers because I, I buy all these damn cars. <laughs> but uh, 12 in a year. Yeah, 12 in a year. I got in trouble from the DMV because they thought I was operating a dealership. I got like a $5,000 fine for that because... Wait, hold on, oh wait. God. Hold on, wait. Yeah, I, we, I think it was like my third episode with you guys. I got a $5,000 fine from the DMV because I was buying and selling cars so fast. They thought I was like buying them, putting them in my personal name and not holding... They thought I had a damn dealer's lot. They thought I was, you can't do that legally. Oh, you can't do it? See, I didn't know that. Yeah, you, there's like, I think it's seven in a year, and I was like five over that. So well, what's wrong with it? Like, what if you was doing that? What's they the want to get their dealership tax. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. okay, okay. That's so yeah, I mean, crazy. I, I had a time like that, and then I, I mean, I've had some laps in judgment. Like, I'm really big into dunks, like the off-white dunks yeah. and shit, and like, I probably got like 60 pairs of shoes. But now I like I won't buy a new shoe until we hit like a certain month every month. You know, and it's 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 like that for me. I might go spend five grand on a shoe, five grand on shoes. So I don't buy five thousand dollar pair of shoes. I think that's silly. But uh, like Nikes and shit. Um, but I won't go do that until we hit a, a huge sale month for all of our clients. Or, or I flipped a certain amount of deals. Like we're buying six luxury duplexes. We're gonna build them ground up. And after I do that, I'm gonna go get a Rolls Royce. But that that those deals alone is gonna net you know, close to one five for each of our partners. And there's me, Brandon and Tyler in it. So, you know, I can go afford to spend $300,000 on a car because I'm, but I'm, I invested 500 to make 1.5 and I set that goal. And once it's done, I'll go buy that car. But could I go buy it today? Yeah, sure. I'd go buy it right now. But it's, mm. I, at some point that stops to serve you. There's not, right, right, the right, cars right. are no longer serving you because everybody knows that you look at my Instagram, you know, I own an exotic car. That's no longer helping my brand. That's no longer helping me market myself. At some point, you're just doing it for your ego. And I think that's really important, too, separating your ego out of stuff. Mm, that's mm-hmm. tough. Yeah. That's tough to do. I want to ask you, uh, on the topic of partnerships, because you talk about Brandon and Tyler a lot, and I think it's really dope what you guys are doing together. But, you know, um, it's not always easy having partnerships. You know, no. it takes a lot of trust. It takes a lot of a lot that goes into it to make a partnership successful. Can you let us know, like, what do you think the keys are to a successful partnership? Yeah. So I'm never going to lie on this show. Me and Brandon and Tyler get into arguments once a week. (laughs) And it's always me. I'm very passionate about stuff. Mm -hmm. So, like, we'll have one small issue. Tyler and Brandon are very – Tyler the most. He gets under my skin. He's super chill. He's, something goes wrong. I think it's, you know, red, red emergency, like the, the fucking roof's caving in. He's like, man, I'm going to get it handled. I hate that <laughs> shit. I'm like, bro, no, get it handled right now. I need to see you getting it handled. But we've, they know that about me. Like they know when I flip out and like when I tell our employees, hey, you need to step out of the office. I'm about to have a conversation with our two partners. They already know that like what I say is not out of anger. It's out of like pure emotion. And they know right. this because I'm invested in the business and I want us to succeed. So they're able to, they're able to kind of cope with that. And now I've gotten better, you know, because we've only been doing business together for two, three years and we've made millions of dollars. So it's mm-hmm. a lot on, and we, now they do real estate with me. We invest in all new businesses together. Like we're, we're married for life. 
Um, so, like, we kind of learn each other. Like, they know that sometimes I got to, like, get that out of me. And I know that they're still going to do their job. But, like, sometimes, you know, they come in an hour late. I'm at the office at 7 a.m. every day because mm-hmm. I love to fucking work. Yeah, I love it. But if they want to come in at 10 a.m., you know, that's on them as long as they're getting to work. I'm not their dad. But it took me some time to realize that. So now, you know, um, we've built a lot of trust together. There's been investments that go bad. There's been investments that we've invested in other things that go bad. But we're at the end of the day, like, to give you an example, we invested in some stuff that went sour. And uh, we were in the room last week together and, like, figuring out what we were going to do. You know, it was a personal investment we did, nothing related to our companies. And they looked at me and, like, you know, kind of helped me. They're like, Dawson, we know who you are as a person. We know we're going to be fine. Like, mm-hmm. we, we're confident in the ability of us three. And we are. Like, it's already getting handled. But um, that's been big because when I started real estate, I had a partner. I feel like I told you probably on the first podcast we talked about oh, that a dude. little bit. Yeah, it was a terrible relationship. Mm-hmm. I did all the work. He had provided no value. And that ended in, like, six months. But we, but now I've learned from that. And I did my own thing and built a lot of success on my own. And now, you know, when we came together, me, Brandon, and Tyler, we realized, like, okay, there's, there's actual value from each, each segment. And then another big thing is, I think, proper paperwork. You know, we have everything in writing. Mm-hmm. If I were to die today, they know how the company's going to be split up. If, if one of us gets married, and people don't think they need to do that when they're bootstrapping a business, but you have to do it. I've learned lesson over lesson. If you don't spend a couple thousand dollars to have the right paperwork when your business is worth nothing... Mm. You're going to lose millions when your business is worth millions. You're going to be arguing over. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So we don't even have to, you know, if, if it were to get that bad, we have a piece of paper that tells us how this happens. What's going on. Exactly. So, mm-hmm. we, you know, even to this day, I learned lessons about contracts. That's smart. That's smart that you didn't have to go through um, the BS to figure that out. You figured it out early. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Wait, did you get counsel on that or like, well, on, on, like on how to go about that? Yeah, we have a full legal team now. Okay. Um, but when I first started, I feel like my operating agreement with my first partner was like off of PDF.com. Right, right, right. You know, if we'd have actually been making millions of dollars, which my real estate company turned out to do, he would have been entitled, you know, to millions of dollars to everything I do. Um, so I was lucky that we were only making like, well, we were still making like 30 grand a month. That's good and money. We, we parted ways. And, like, you know, love the guy, not really, but, like, he does okay for himself. He's still a real estate agent. <laughs> He's stupid. But he doesn't have two supercars. And I'm like, damn, I'd have had to give him half of my shit. That's crazy. So yeah. now, like, you know, it's, it's important to have good legal counsel. And, you know, you don't have to have it when you're starting your business and you haven't made any money. But I'd say when you make your first $50,000, you need to go get a legal team. Because everybody makes it seem like they're so expensive. Mm-hmm. We probably pay our legal team about $100,000 a year, uh, which is a lot of money. But they've saved us millions. And they pulled us out of bad deals. So multiple millions of dollars that we've saved mm-hmm. and you know like most legal teams is two three hundred bucks an hour but they know their stuff they so they're, they're gonna get done in two hours it's gonna save you several hundred thousand dollars so i think when anybody makes 50 grand go get a legal team get everything in writing um and that's very important what, what's your um out of all the businesses you've done and are doing what's your favorite favorite venture and why i think that it's probably tied between um i like the car dealership because i can have free cars that's cool, um, but they don't. We don't really stock stuff that I like to drive, so I don't end up driving. Like we drove that Porsche GT3 RS. I drove it for like a week, uh, but right now, the e-commerce business because we're we're making such large strides and like it's really cool to figure stuff out. And not only us make more money, but our clients make more money because of it. So I enjoy that. I enjoy building the business side of stuff. Uh, that's definitely my favorite. And then we really even last time we talked, I've de- I've uh, dove into new construction really heavy. I love new construction real estate. I don't really like flipping. I couldn't tell you that I've done a wholesale contract in 30 days because I buy everything now. 
but I love new construction. Because that's the only time you can come in and create your own equity. Create your own, yeah. Create your own profit. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to pull this wall down and find mold because I'm building the wall. You know what I'm saying? There's really no, if you have the capital to start, there's no hiccups. So I love new construction. We're crushing it with that. Mm-hmm. Um, we are starting to get involved in like NFTs and crypto. So that's exciting. I just like learning new stuff mm-hmm. and figuring out how to integrate it with the stuff I already know how to do. That's a big thing for me. Learning stuff that can, you know, you make an NFT right now, you might make, make three, $4 million dollars. But what if you get integrated with the business you're already really good at, you know, because the world's going into this, this different it's virtual digital. world. Like I'm, I'm fucking, 3.0. Yeah. I'm hanging out in Decentraland with a little block character. that looks like Sims. I'm like, how right. are people spending $2 million on a piece of land? I'm like, well, people didn't think Manhattan was gonna be $2 million a piece yeah. of land. Now you can't buy a square. Can't buy a square of it. So I like that. I like learning new stuff. And like, I feel like we're in a generation now where you can make, there are people that have came up on tens of millions of dollars in a year. So we're in a generation or in a time period. It's like a gold rush. So we're trying to educate ourselves and everything and not put, let off the gas on the stuff that works for us now. Mm, oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> no, I was going to say, it's definitely, it's definitely a gold rush. There's so much opportunity and it's so many niches. Like, it, 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 it's ridiculous, man. Especially when you talk about what's going on with, when you talk about NFTs and Web 3.0, the central land and stuff like that. It's getting, it's about to get, uh, it's already out of out of hand, but it's going to get even, as more and more people get aware of it, it's going to get even crazier. Yeah. Man. What's like 10% of people know right now? Yeah, I think it's less than that. And I feel like the people with the real money have no clue. Have You've no got clue. these billionaires that are so They're still being conservative. They're still yeah. like, uh, you know, I'm leaving my stuff in this um, S&P 500 and all that, which is cool, but when they... When they realize there's money in it, that's going to help us, the people that have already got a little bit of that pie, skyrocket. Exactly. And all this is going to take is their kids and grandkids to convince them. Like, hey, look, Dad, look at this. This thing called Bitcoin. They probably already know about it, but it's like, you need to take this leap and go ahead and put a couple million in it. He's like, all right, son, that's it. I'm going to do it. And now? They telling all their friends now, you know, that's how I go. What you going to say, D? Uh, I wanted to ask you um, kind of back to the Amazon and Walmart stores because I had never heard of like having your own store mm-hmm. until I found out you were doing it. Yeah. And I know it's probably a lot more people in that position. I've known about it like for a year now, but I know, I know it's a lot of people who have no idea. So with this, can you like let us know like how long has this type of business been around? And overall, like what's the stability of it? Because yeah. for me, it still feels new. So for yeah. other people, long term, like what's how the stu- long- Yeah, is it yeah. a long term business? Business. So the biggest thing for us, it is extremely long-term business. So we, we encourage all of our clients to say, Hey, the first year is like you, you starting a restaurant, you mm-hmm. know, we're going to, we're going to be your best consultants. Cause I said, at the end of the day, that's what we are. We're your guide down this path. Um, but we're really growing the foundation for, you know, a hundred thousand dollar a month business. That's what we, all our clients, we wanted them to spend a hundred grand a month. Cause we know they can make some serious money then. Um, but you know, people have been doing online sales for 15, 20 years. Uh, um, and we were doing like done for you. Like we handle all the crappy stuff for people, you know, probably pretty early. Now you've got like the automation thing. But the problem is, is when you talk about longevity is, is you want everybody to be in house. There's a lot of guys out here offering a similar service, but their whole team's in Bangladesh or their whole team's in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. Well, the Philippines just had a huge category four tropical storm. All my Filipino VAs are out of work for the next two weeks. Imagine if they're managing your online store. They don't have an office. It's some kid on Miami with a Lambo saying, hey, come buy a store from me. Right. Um, They don't have a real – they've never ran a real business. Um, But, yeah, as far as longevity, we've seen in the last three years it skyrocket um, the amount of online sales, but it's still only like 9%. Mm -hmm. Of all commerce, it's still only 9% of e-commerce, 9 or 10% the last time we talked. Um, So 
we see, you know, even if it takes up half of the market, imagine how many people are going to need a product online. Like my grandmother, when COVID happened, she stopped going out. She was ordering everything off Amazon because she didn't want to get COVID, you know? Yeah. So that's what's going to happen. As, as your older people adopt it and the younger people that are already involved get older and start spending real money, it's going to increase. And um, another big thing is like, well, people, why doesn't Walmart or Amazon just handle it? They can't handle the supply chain. As much as Amazon builds their warehouses and things like that, they rely on people like us to sell products on there. They can ship direct from warehouse because they don't have enough warehouses to fill, fulfill the orders. Right. So it's, a, it's like a you know, very symbiotic relationship with Amazon and our clients and big sellers like us for our private label get a ton of perks from Amazon for selling because they want us. They, they encourage us to do it. Um, but we do it the right way. There's a lot of ways to do it the wrong way and, and violate terms of service. And that's where you see people, you know, invest in $40,000 and their mm-hmm. account goes down and they don't know what to do. But, uh, you know, we have a full legal team that's for our Amazon clients, uh, like a council that gets them unsuspended because it does happen. Right, right, Amazon right. cares so deeply about their metrics. You miss one or two, you know, like a UPS truck gets blown up or something that flips over. You miss one or two shipments. They want to suspend your store. But we have a team of, of actual attorneys that we keep on retainer outside of our council that talks to Amazon every week and sends a uh, plan of actions and stuff like that. That's crazy. So when I invest, I want to know that I'm in the best sector. Like, you know, if, if there's a construction company, I want to invest with the best construction company. If there's a tech company. I want to invest with the te- best tech company that has my best interest at heart yeah. and has the ability to protect me when shit goes south. Cause shit always goes south. Anybody that's promising you a business that nothing wrong happens, probably a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> so, um, that's a fact. Yeah. So, <laughs> Y'all funny. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm funny, man. But I forgot, I lost my train of thought for a second. That was, uh, you, you threw me a liqueur, or you had something to be? Oh, I can ask another question. So, um, something I kind of said earlier, but a huge part of business is solving problems. And I feel like with your businesses, you've solved like multiple problems, but I feel like a lot of people struggle with finding the problem mm-hmm. to solve. So, how do you guys do it? Yeah, so we have really, to be honest, a really good example. Um, is the Web3 stuff, right? So I was like, man, like I keep seeing people that are not as driven as me, don't have as much money as me, making way more money in a week than I've ever made, you know, 10, 15 million dollars. So I immediately sought after three or four people that are really big in this space. One person that you know, hired him as a consultant. And I said, okay, what's not happening? Because everybody's so worried about making their money as an NFT or making their money investing as a a crypto, right? They're worried about me, 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 me. We were in the process of developing software it solves problems for a ton of people investing in crypto or a ton of people doing NFTs. So we literally sat in a room and we're like, what, what do people need that invest in crypto? What are they seeking? Maybe they're seeking mm-hmm. the cutting edge. Maybe they're seeking more information, et cetera, et cetera. And we started doing that. And that's what I've done in every business, right? Like with the uh, online automation stuff, right? The DFY stuff. I wanted to have an Amazon store. I didn't know what to do. And I also realized that I didn't have time to start a completely separate business. So my solution was, well, I would love to be able to hire a team, hire people that are experienced in the company or experienced in the world of, of you know, e-commerce online sales and kind of automate that out. So we did it and we did it for 10 or 15 friends and family. Brandon and Tyler started doing it. We're like, oh, okay, this is a service. I think the most money is in services. Mm. So those are the services and SAS is services as a software um, sell for 15x multiples on, on like private equity. That's the only companies that sell for above 10x really. My real estate company wouldn't sell for more than 3x. Uh, you know, any company you can think of probably sells for less than 10x. But mm-hmm. services always sell for the most because when you help a m- bunch of people, it's okay to make a little bit of money. Because mm-hmm. when you solve a problem, right, you should get problem. paid to do it. Mm-hmm. That's a fact. But at scale, 
you make the most money. Because even if I develop some software, I charge you guys 100 bucks a month. But if it solves a million dollars a month worth of problems, problems, I can sign up a million people and I can sell that for 100 million. So that's kind of where my direction on everything's going. I'm always looking for a problem to solve. Mm. Mm, that's no. a good answer. No, that's no, that's 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 a gem um, of people paying attention. That's in business. That's think about going to business. If you could solve, excuse me, if you could solve the most problems, because at the end of the day, you all we all in business to make a flip. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. you, you, nobody on. I can't think of nobody that wants to have a company forever. It's yeah. always like let's build this up, Excellent. sell it. Make an exit and do it. Do it again. I'm pretty sure that's you guys. For sure, yeah. Strategy yeah, I mean that's what everything we look at now, even down to the real estate. My first thing is, can I flip, flip this? Mm-hmm. Can I flip this house, or do I have to rent it forever? If I had to rent it forever, I probably don't want to do that. Exactly. Is anybody still pushing this rental thing, where I make one percent a month, and interest or uh, inflation is net, damn near seven percent a year? Seven percent a year, yeah. Why would I do that? I want to flip it. I want to get out of it. And any business. I want it to be packageable to be sold to big companies that want to engulf it. I don't want to manage 10 Fortune 500 companies. I want to be on the beach. That's what exactly. my lifestyle is, what I want to do. So, yeah, I mean, I think that people really overlook that. You know, we have a guy that, uh, you know, just being around people, we have a guy that comes to wash all our cars, right? And uh, he figured out, he's a detailer, he's a mobile detailer. He figured out a way to do a payment processor strictly for mobile detail guys that factors in the cost of each car, right? Like, 10 ounces of soap, whatever. And he's now selling it. Like, he was like, oh, yeah, I just do this on my Excel sheet. We helped him do it in an app. He's now selling it to all the detailers. Guess how much money he's making detailing cars versus selling this to all the detailers? He's making a whole lot more money selling it as a service than breaking his back washing cars, you know? And we're not going to get any of that, but it was just we're helping him. He's our boy, you know? But now he created a service because he found a problem in his company, and now he's making, you know, $10,000, $15,000 a month off a little, like, rinky-dinky Excel app. Mm. So I mean, you, you gotta think about stuff like that. Mm, that's that's crazy, yo. Mm-hmm. And um, what do you think? Like, because it seems like a lot of a lot of things when it comes to successful people in general, it comes down to um, being a competitor. And a lot of times, it ain't got nothing to do with anybody else. It got something to do with like yourself. Like you, you get motivated. Like I don't know. Like I, I'm trying to trying to think of the way to describe this. Cause I get motiv- I get like motivated and like it kind of sometimes I look for things to get like mm-hmm. mad to be like to create shit yeah, up get in excited, my head yeah. like all right now I got to go do this now so how do you feel like do you is you you have a competitive drive that you think fuel, fuels all the things you're doing yeah I mean I I think coming up and like running D one track you're always competitive are you running track yeah oh, yeah that's what it, yeah I'll be forgetting everything <laughs> yeah. like I had competitive edge but. When I get the most fired up, one thing I, and this is kind of about being competitive or competition in general, my biggest thing I tell people all the time, and now I'm hearing people say it, authenticity, if you're, if you're authentic, you have no competition. You don't. So I'm so focused on being authentic all the time that that fires me up. Yep. Because, because I can guarantee it, there, there's been situations where I see people, they watch me on this podcast, they probably don't think I'm this person in real life but I am. Mm-hmm. They see me at a bar or they see me pull up in the car I said I had and I actually have it. Then they're like, damn, okay, I want to go with this guy because he's legit. He's legit. Yeah, so I don't really feel like I have competition. But then on the flip side, like when you're saying when it fires you up, now I'm starting to see kids that are 19 it's, a year ahead of me. fucking killing. Yeah, making more money than I was at 21. So, yeah, I think that that fires me up, but it's not really competition. It's, it's future collaboration. It's future collaboration, yeah. 
So I want to, I'm putting those kids on my radar or Tay, you know, our boy, he's on my radar. You're on my radar because I want to collaborate with you down the line mm-hmm. and I want to bring the most value possible. So if I know you're crushing in the podcast industry, I want to bring value to you. So that fires me up. How can I bring value to X down the road so we can have a mutual benefit, you know, a beneficial relationship in business? Yep. Because you think about Bezos, Elon, all those guys, they don't give a fuck. They don't, Elon is not worried about what Bezos is doing unless it's affecting his money. Mm-hmm. But then when, if they were to come together, they'd be running the world. No question. But people get this ego and they don't want to collaborate. I'm the first one. I'm probably in somebody's DM right now. Like, yo, bro, you're crushing in this industry. Can we talk? Good. Mm-hmm. I'll pay you good for your time, but I want to get in on that. Because it, it might not be real estate. It might not be the managed services can make me a billion dollars, but I'll find it. And it's not going to be built by myself. You know, nice. I've made more money. My payroll is the highest it's ever been. And I'm making the most money I've ever made because I brought a team together. Brought a team. That collaborates. They're working right now on projects that I don't even have any idea about. It could be a million dollar idea because they want to work together. They're collaborating. There's no ego in the office. Mm-hmm. And that's important. Man, collaboration is everything, man. You, you team up with the right people with a common goal. Ain't no limit to um, whatever y'all can accomplish. And that's, it sounds cliche a lot of times. I know a lot of people hear that. Like, we hear that shit all the time. But it's true. And as a, as a man, especially, it's very hard to go to another grown man and be like, bro, I need your help. I need your help. Yep. Yeah, but there's a way to do it. It is. And when you figure that way out and you can suck up that ego the first couple of times, you can make a lot of money. Because, I mean, when I was burned by my first partner, I was like, fuck it. I'm going to run it up by myself, whatever. You know, I don't need nobody. Like, fuck everybody else. But I met Brandon and Tyler. And, you know, it really, that was their gig. You know, they were doing e-commerce. They've been in e-commerce for 10 years. Right. I know how to scale a company. I know how to market. I know how to put systems in place. But I didn't know anything about e-commerce. Now, three years later, I'm on the podcast talking about our company, you know? Yep. At some point, I had to suck it up and be like, bro, like, I see what y'all are doing. I love it. Let me provide value. I wasn't on paper for the first six months. Mm. I was just working my working ass off. Working ass off. And running my million-dollar real estate company. And, and running other companies. And I was working my ass off for their company. And they, obviously, I was getting paid for what I was doing. But I wasn't on paper as an owner. So for two and a half years, I've been an owner. We've 10x from that. But, you know, I had to provide value. And I was mm. okay to take that risk. Mm. A lot of people are so scared about getting fucked by the next guy, they're not willing to put their, you know, their arm out a little bit and be scared to get cut a little get bit. Cut a little bit. But you could, you know, you want to live a lifestyle. You got to be doing, willing to do things that others won't. Yeah, risk come with this. It, I tell people all the time with this lifestyle, risk comes with it, and, and a lot of times the risk is going to lead to an L. But that's the um, you got to be open to accept that. The good yeah. and the bad, you got to be able to accept all this all shit. If you really want to live a life of abundance, you got to accept everything that come with it. It ain't going to be pretty all the time. You're going to take L's and you're going to take a lot of L's. A lot of, yeah. You're going to take a lot of L's on the journey, but a lot of times all it takes is one good W. To, to, to propel you. To, exactly. Mm-hmm. There's risk and security. Okay? And, and I will never, mm. I, if, if someone offered me $30 million a year as a salary employee, I'd probably take it. You know, if I could make more than what I was making every year net to me, I might take it. But there's a lot of people that you get said 30 million, 30 million to be an employee. Yeah, I do it okay. for sure. No net, no overhead 30 million after taxes. I'd probably take it because I could still invest that. I know what to do with it. It would be my platform. What about 15 million. No, <laughs> no, yeah, not, 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 not net. Um, but there's a lot of risk and security. People get secure jobs at a hundred grand a year and they don't want anything more. Like we talk, I talk about bees a lot. She took her platform. I, I love her. We talk all the time now. She took her platform and she didn't get stuck in the security. She continued to invest and now she's retired, you know? But there's a lot of risk and security when you say, oh, I can live on 150 grand a year if I save five grand a month. But what if if you're destined to live on a million a year? 
Mm. Well, you got stuck in that little $150,000 bubble and you didn't want anything else. There's a lot of time in every day. Nine to five is good if that's what, because I don't have an option for nine to five. I don't got a degree. It is what it is. It I got to make my money. But you know, like it, you, Tay, Tay, another good friend of ours, he makes really good money at his, mm-hmm. his nine to five, but he's not chilling after that. He's mm-hmm. working. He's, he's investing. Working. He's finding new plays. Um, so I think, yeah, unless you, there's just that risk of people get secure and they stop. Mm-hmm. And then they got a kid, then they got, you know, they're married, they got a 401k, they're chilling, and they could have been so much more. And it's something well, you kind of said, I th- which is very true, is I think that when you talk about, um, um, what, you, what was the saying you said? You said sec- something about security. It's risky. Yeah, security is risky. Because, like, if you think about it, that $120,000, $150,000 salary, I think, in my opinion, that's probably, like, the most dangerous dangerous area you can yeah. be because that area is like okay let's say if you're making 50 60 000 you know like i need to make more, more money. money i'm yeah. barely i'm barely could pay my bills like i need to do something but that 150 area is like you could pay your bills comfortably you could take a vacation you every a nice now and car. then yeah. nice car it makes you just chill you don't think about oh, i need to invest i need to go hard you just chilling you know what i'm saying so that's a um that's a that's a that's a dangerous area to be yeah. in because it's that area can be super super comfortable. Like you'll see people get to that point, they're and they'll just they'll be they'll be in that point for fucking twenty years just cruising mm-hmm. because they they got comfortable. Uh, compared to the person that's making forty fifty thousand, they're just like man, they didn't bust up. Happen. They could have been making millions now. So yeah, yeah, yeah that's a that's the thing you will see a lot for sure. And uh, you had any other questions, D? I know I got one more question for him. Uh, you go first. So my, my final question was, and I like asking everybody uh, this question on here, what does um, wealth mean to you? Yeah, so I think every time I'm on here, my answer changes because <laughs> we were talking <laughs> about this tra- in the car. I evolve as a person. Yep. Um, I don't. I think that I have achieved some sort of wealth, and it's not the cars. It's not the amount of money in my pocket. Um, but what we talked about a lot today is risk and reward. Risk. I'm so wealthy now that I can take an L and I can bounce back from it. And that's not because of my money, but that's because of people around me. Mm-hmm. I know that if I lose money today, I can call on somebody like you, somebody, my close inner circle, right? Yep. I can bounce right back. And that's wealthy because at the end of the day, Man. we can lose everything, but we got the people around us. Yep. We make it back so much quicker. Yep. So you're never going to be poor. I told you like that, you know, an L we recently took. I didn't feel poor. I don't feel broke. I learned, but I know I'm make it right back. Make it right back. And mm-hmm. another part is the mentality. Yeah. Not only do you got the relationships, you got the mentality to be like, you know what I'm saying? You're not going to get too down on any bad situation. It's like, I'm still me at the end of the day. I'm yeah. still confident. I, I'm going to move forward. So and I think once you have that, that's true wealth because the money comes. Exactly. That's what we're talking about. The money doesn't money really matter because it comes. It, it comes. comes. You get the car you want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I, I, I love that. And then wrapping up, I just want to <laughs> oh, say. Hold on. I have a final What's question. Up? And for you, I just want you to leave our listeners with one last piece of advice for that person who's listening. They're ready to take action. They just need that little piece push. of motivation, that push to get them over the edge, to get things going. What would you say to them? I would say that nothing happens when you're stationary. And like we said, there's That's risk right. and security. So if you're there, you're on the edge of the wall, take the leap. In the worst case, you're going to be right back where you started. But you can keep building. <sighs> That's a bar, you know, straight Great to the point, to too. It. Straight straight <laughs> to the point, man. And before, but before uh, we wrap up, I just want to say, man, we really appreciate you taking the time to come on. Every time you come on the show, we love it, man. We love been building with you these past couple of years. I appreciate you. We don't, like I said, we don't take none of this for granted. But before we let you go, do you mind plugging in all your stuff where people can find you, follow you? If yep. they want to get started with an Amazon or Walmart store, what can they get? What can they do? All Everything. 
Yep, perfect. So uh, it's just Dawson Gann across all social media uh, handles. And then if you do want to get a store, you want to talk about one of our sales guys, our account managers, it's dfycommerce.com. And if you mention Millionaire Mindsets 2021, we'll, uh, we'll hook you up with that discount. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have a link for y'all. We're going to have that right in the description of the podcast episode. And wrapping up, D, what's your info? You can follow me on Instagram at Deanna Kent, Twitter, Deanna S. Kent. And you can follow me on YouTube at Lessons in Life and Luxury. And you can follow me on all platforms at Xavier C. Miller. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, uh, YouTube. And that's all we have for y'all on this episode of Millionaire Mindsets Podcast. See you guys next episode. Peace. Peace. Gotta get your brain right if you're trying to make a million dollars. If you ain't gonna do it for yourself, then do it for your mama. Only stay surrounded by them people. If you know they solid, elevate your hustle up today to double up your profit. Trying to learn some games, every y'all gonna talk about it. No Deanna, speak that shit that everybody voucher. Ain't no more excuses valid. Get up off the couch and get up in your bag. To your bank account, need an accountant. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.